happy 2018. I hope you had an amazing holidays and I hope this year is bigger and better than ever for you. Uh, I'm really excited. Lots of cool things on the horizon for Lyle's movie files, including that awesome theme song, courtesy of my cousin, Brandon Monroe, AKA Be Smooth Productions. I talked with him over Thanksgiving. I'll be sharing that interview on a future podcast so you can hear all about his journey. But I'm really stoked, really excited to have official music for my podcast. It makes it seem like I'm really official now. On this show, I'm also excited because I'm talking to Scott Snyder, a guy who is an amazing creator and a good guy. And I've been talking to him for the past year about his work on Batman, All-Star Batman, and Dark Knight Metal now. And we're talking today about Batman and the Signal featuring Duke Thomas, a guy who Scott has been highly invested in since his creation. And I reviewed Batman and the Signal number one, and you'll see that on LylesMovieFiles.com. Scott and I talk about what makes the Signal so much different than the other Batman characters and why Gotham needs a hero like the Signal. So check it out. Go to your comic book store, grab a copy. It's well worth the read. So check it out. Uh, on this week's show, I'm also talking with Jace and our buddy Javon down, and we're going to talk about Walking Dead, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and the, the movie discussion that will never die, and movies that we're looking forward to seeing in 2018, and some that we are not looking forward to seeing. Wherever you are, I hope you really enjoy this episode. I had a blast recording this one. I kicked off my hopeful run at reviewing 125 movies this year with Molly's Game and Insidious The Last Key. I think those are both worth checking out if you're into drama and horror thriller. But you can check those reviews out on the main page. Next week marks the return of all the comic book TV shows from their winter break, which means I need to double time on my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Gotham recaps. So I'm going to end this intro right now and I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Joining me right now is the one and only Scott Snyder. How you doing, Scott? Hey, I'm great, Jeffrey. Thanks so much for having me back. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. So, today came out of the comments. I know you've been excited about I've been waiting for Batman in the city. So, so catch everybody up on what's been going on with Duke Thomas and, and what's led to him getting his standalone miniseries. Yeah, well, he's a character we care about really deeply. I mean, he sort of came onto the scene back when we did Zero Year, and um, he was young then. He was about 10 years old, 11 years old, and he essentially was um, uh, uh, doing a crossword puzzle. His family sort of saved Bruce Wayne from from death when Bruce sort of fell down off of this massive um, weather balloon uh, and stuff uh, during uh, Zero Year, during this kind of big calamity. And so uh, he, when Bruce wakes up, uh, Duke is sort of sitting at this table uh, in a city that's been taken over by the Riddler entirely, and he's doing a crossword puzzle to make himself smarter so that he'll be able to take on the Riddler himself. And to me, that was sort of the quintessential sort of distillation of who Duke has always been. He's been somebody who 
admires and respects and is inspired by Batman, and yet at the same time cuts a very independent path, and a path that's about finding your own way as a hero, not needing to be a sidekick, <laughs> um, not needing Batman at all. It's on some level to sort of be a part of We Are Robin, to be um, a different kind of hero that essentially uh, comes up with a new generation of of young allies to Bruce in um, Gotham. So with this, what happened was we had been looking for a place to land um, Duke and to, to sort of do a, a series about him. And I was teaching um, the class uh, that I do for DC, this, this writer's talent development workshop, and I had a student whose work I really loved um, in the indie world uh, and who had this great pitch for Duke. His name was Tony Patrick, who's the who's the writer of the series. I sort of co-plotted it, but he's really all credit to him for everything good in there. And um, he came to me and said, I know that you guys are planning on having him be a hero by day of some kind so that he really sets himself apart from Bruce, but I have an idea for how to do that, the secret history of sort of metas. I have an idea about his powers. I have an idea about his family history, all this stuff. Uh, and he had an idea for a Juvie Arkham. I mean, all of it was just so big and fun and and created this huge sort of mystery and story engine for Duke that I really loved it. And so I started um, helping him pitch it to the higher-ups. And then Cully Hamner caught wind of it, and he's always been one of our best world builders. And so he wanted to give it a little bit of star power as well. So it's just it come together beautifully. And I'm extremely proud of the kind of work that, that um, Tony and, and Cully and Laura, the colorist, have done with the book. Uh, it's It's one of those things where... You know, when I was starting out, I mean, I made so many, so many errors along the way in my first stuff. Uh, and Tony here, I think, just not only hit the ground running, but did it in that way that sort of announces him, his voice, his sensibility, uh, in conjunction, I think, with this character, because he cares about the character deeply and, and um, really felt a connection to him from Go. Yeah, and the one thing, I read it yesterday, and I just... It went by so fast for me, and I was like, oh, man, there's only two more issues. <laughs> but it just felt like there was so much left. Like, you know, we've been reading about Dick for so long now, but this felt like a, a totally different take on him, yet it fell right in line with everything that you've established and with some of the other authors have done. What kind of stood out to you about this take on Duke? Well, for me, I think the thing, this thing that stood out for uh, me with this take on Duke was essentially that uh, it gives him his whole own environment in Gotham. I mean, I had planned on making him a hero by day. It was Jeff John's idea as well. We were, the two of us were talking about how to extend kind of his personality to heroics. And, and we, we started with that idea of him really cutting his own path. And we thought about, well, how do you cut your own path in Gotham? You find a different neighborhood. That's kind of been done with Bloodhaven. You know, well, no, what about, what about because his mom and it was a social worker and she always talks about going out in the early morning. What if we made him hero by day? And so that idea was there conceptually. But what I love about this take of, on Duke is that Tony has managed to kind of synergize that idea with all of these other ideas that sort of to form this kind of perfect union where essentially Duke goes out by day, which is sort of a new environment, but he's also creating new threats and this whole sort of new uh, fresh mystery about metahumans. Duke is the first hero that has powers. He also has, like, a Juvie Arkham. He's got a new um, – he thought about sort of creating new uh, allies in terms of Detective Icy, uh, the police officer that's sort of day shift, having switched over from the night shift. So what I love about it is that he created this whole robust ecosystem um, for Gotham by day, and he also sort of wrapped all of the sort of ideas about what makes Duke different 
what makes him scared of being a hero that, uh, with all this pressure on him, what makes him excited and brave about it, all of that stuff kind of he sort of incorporated into every element of the book so that the villains reflect all of that. The villains, the challenges, they're all extensions of the things that are going on um, in Duke's mind. And, and the other thing I really love about it is the bombast. You know, it's really hard to launch a new book nowadays. The economy is rough. The market is rough. You know, new back characters uh, are not easy to sort of get off the ground. <laughs> um, and so Tony's idea was, was to go big and to have not huge villains that you've already seen in it, um, because I think that would almost be too safe, but to go big in a way where he was creating a huge mythology that's kind of part of Gotham's secret history built into it. Uh, he's creating villains that are very powerful, that the whole Bat family can fight together. So he's not making it small. He's not kind of trying to go for just the tiny sort of um, small stakes threats. He went really big from the start, and I really applauded that. So there's a ton I love about it. I mean, I just love the palette that Laura's using for it, these bright colors. I love the way Cully is creating these deep shadows to show how there's still a lot of darkness in Gotham by day because <laughs> of these angular shadows. So I'm very, very proud to be a part of it, and I'm very grateful to everyone for being so receptive. You know, it's, it's hard when to, to find places for new talent, new characters, and the fact that people have been as supportive as they have and, and bought the book uh, in the volume they have and been kind in the words today about it, it really means a lot. I mean, it's very inspiring about the community, the comics community. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping this is just three of, of an ongoing and this is just like the cheeser appetizer. Thanks, yeah, that's the hope. I mean, that was that's always been the, that's always been the hope with it. Um, we're trying that with a lot of the Dark Matter books, so it's meant to be something where if people go out and buy it and, and respond well to it, it, there's already a runway to do sort of a, a, a next version of the series that's longer, has more room, bring in a couple other characters as well if possible. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of plans, and Tony certainly has tons of stories. So my hope is that it does well enough and is received well enough that people are eager for more. I mean, I would kind of remove myself from it altogether and let him just take off. And I think that's nice that she's kind of working alongside him, but people aren't getting the impression that this is a Scott Snyder project you're working alongside him, and it's kind of like, hey, this book is going to work with or without you, and you're just kind of helping to make sure that the transition works for for Tony and for the audience in general. Yeah, and mostly, you know, their editors right now are just really, they're really um, onto the stuff post-metal, you know? They're really working on the books that are coming out right afterwards. So for me, um, it's not that they don't have the bandwidth. We've got a great editor on the book, Brittany um, Holzer, Part of my job with this was to kind of steer it towards, make sure it coordinated with a lot of the ideas and things that were coming out of metal, but also, or going into metal, but also to be able to sort of make sure it could be as, as big and high stakes as we were hoping. Um, you know, and just keeping those priorities really high. Because, um, uh, you know, again, having a new book in this market, it just feels like it really, you want to just sort of wow them, you know, and make something explosive and just kind of surprise them with how big and crazy you're, you're willing to go um, and make them feel like they're getting more for their money than they thought they would get. What, what is it about Duke that, that makes you interested in him as a character and kind of wanting to help him find that audience and fan base? I think what it is is it's rare that you can find a character that has a different sensibility and that also you can make a different mission for so, you know, I've been in Gotham a long time, seven, eight years at this point, you know, and ultimately if I can find ways to refresh it for me and an idea comes along that makes it new to me, 
through a character that's uh, organically built into the mythology but gives you this kind of new prism on the whole city, on the mythos, then I know it's going to make it new and offer new stories for new readers and for new talent just because I'm I'm an old dog in Gotham at this point, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done a lot. So if something suddenly makes me interested in Gotham all over again, I'm, I mean, I'm always interested in it, don't get me wrong. i got a lot of Batman stuff I'm still doing. But, I mean, if it sort of strikes me that way, I know that for readers that are are looking for new sort of paths into Gotham, new looks at Gotham, all of that, um, then you have something pretty special in your hands. So it's, you know, really, really exciting to see Tony sort of develop that. And I like that, unlike maybe some of the other companies and other characters we've seen, the signal isn't just donning the Robin costume and, and doing the same old thing that we've already seen. He's not replacing anybody. He's establishing his own identity. And I like that, especially the scene as you know, he's a black guy and he's not just kind of following maybe in the footsteps of John Stewart or other characters like that. So what made that important to you, to give him his own identity? I mean, that's a great question. It was a long discussion, honestly, and there were opportunities to try things like that, you know, to try and sort of uh, give him the Robin mantle for a while or try, you know, singularly beyond the We Are Robin um, sort of uh, book to try and possibly fit him in as Nightwing for a while while Grayson was going. And it just always felt wrong. I mean, it always just felt sort of like when that stuff happens, um, you know, without a huge commitment to uh, making that character sort of the definitive version of this mantle for a while, uh, it always feels like, well, they're just going to go back to the way they were. The character that was there that preceded them is coming back. And it's usually a story that eventually is about that character coming back. Um, So... Sometimes it works beautifully, like uh, Jason was able to do, I think, with Thor. And, uh, you know, there are a number of examples, I think, in the last few years. But ultimately, um, here I just felt there have been so many different Robins also. Um, that I, and Damien is walking around, um, as a Robin right now. It just felt like it would almost feel fake or, or too sort of thinly veiled as a temporary status for him. And we also just felt that we had loved the idea that he had been Robin in, in We Are Robin in a brand new way. And that had been, you know, pitched really well initially and it felt right for his character. So the next step felt like it would be something that he really does on his own, you know, um, success or, or to, you know, either a success or a failure, but something that he did without and cut from whole cloth, you know. So we were very proud of that idea that he he would sort of take on a new name, a new um, identity. And we tried different things, too, you know, in our heads. We had a lot of discussions, Tony and editorial, and, and we played around with a few, you know, that we had bandied about, kind of Lark and a couple other ones that we had really liked. But ultimately, I think it really boiled down to some of them were sidekick names like that that couldn't really carry their own series. And at the end of the day, the signal means the first night on the battlefield, the signal night, and it's also the bat signal, which is where, spoiler, but he survives the three issues. And at the end of the three issues, he and Bruce decide they're going to meet at the signal every night at sunset and trade information. Um, and the signal has a deeper meaning, which is that, you know, one of the reasons that I think Tony is so passionate about the character, he works with at-risk kids doing gaming and, and comics. Um, and he really loves the idea of the Fox Center and the, and the, the base being beneath the Fox Center. And you know, it is important, I think, for us to find a way, if we're going to make a new hero, to, to find a place for that hero, first and foremost, that gives him a mission 
or her a mission that you've never seen before and a purpose you've never seen before and to make sure that that character is created with with tremendous passion um with regards to what they're going to do in Gotham, that they have a hero identity and something. To, but secondarily, you know, it is it is a great thing to be able to see somebody create a character that they feel is going to be representative of the kids they work with in that way, the way Tony, mm-hmm. you know, Tony really feels passionate about making Duke a character who does things differently, who's from a neighborhood that's underrepresented in Gotham, the Narrows, mm-hmm. where villains are always knocking down buildings, fighting each other. Um, and who has a different kind of upbringing, you know, with, with parents that are connected to this strange meta history, but also social workers in Gotham. He's not from some of the typical Robin or ally backgrounds and that stuff. And so that went into creating a whole new identity too, you know, and that's part of that name is signal is the light goes up in the sky and you start to think of um, heroism. You start to think of the way that you can help, you know, and you can be the best version of yourself. And, and we're hoping that signal as a character that Duke sort of offers that to every kind of reader, but especially is, is, is particularly potent, I think, for the kinds of kids that, that Tony works with um, and do, that don't always get to see heroes that are as quite as immediately reflective of their own experience. Yeah, I love that. And I, I'm just, I've been such a big fan of Duke. I loved his side story in All-Star Batman. I loved him in G.R. Robin, so I'm really just excited about actually getting a book focusing on him. I was, I was, tracking down the, the Duke Thomas We Are Robin figure for these last few months, and I finally got him, and I was going to tweet you out and say, I got him. <laughs> and now I'm looking forward to having the signal figure that I can, can eventually break down and, uh, and have right in the middle of my Batman collection. So I'm really looking forward to this. I hope a lot of people read it. And, and yeah, the, this is just not a three-issue series, but we see more of him down the road. I really appreciate it, Jeffrey. You guys, you're you're always you 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 and and the people that you work with in general. But you you your site you have been such a great supporter of of us, and you've always been uh, like constructively critical when you think we're doing something that's off. And I respect your opinion tremendously. I really appreciate um, you know just the longstanding support that you've shown for attempts that we've tried to make on all fronts to try new things in story, bring in new characters, bring in new talent. So I'm very excited to get to, to interview with you about it. And um, I'm sure Tony would love to, too. And Cully, I just sort of, once you and I were just talking to his friends, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to jump on there. But I'm sure they would yeah. love to, too. So I really appreciate it, always. Love to. Yeah. we got to talk soon about metal because there, there's way too much to talk about in one conversation. So we definitely Yeah, it's a date. Let's do it. We'll do Metal 5. It'll be good. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. You got it, brother. All right. Today is our first show of 2018. Uh, Gunner and Chief are away on assignment. But joining me today is little brother Jace. How are you? What up, bro? Happy 2018. And one of my, my great TV consultants, one of one of my, my oldest associates and good pals who, who knows a little bit of everything worth knowing about. It's the one and only, Javon King. Javon, how are you, man? Mr. Lyles, I'm doing wonderful. For everyone, happy 2018. And this year cannot be worse than last year. Let's just put it all behind us and move forward. I'm going to keep it moving. I gave Jace a homework assignment to tell me three movies that he's looking forward to in 2018 that do not start with the name Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther. Brother, were you able to accomplish this very challenging and very difficult assignment? 
I actually was able to do this. Okay. Uh, I had I had to do a little digging, but there are definitely there are four or five movies that I didn't know Infinity Wars was on that non-Black Panther list, but I, I managed to do it. So we have Deadpool 2 coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Incredibles 2 coming out. Awesome. And we have uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. I don't know mm-hmm. where that falls on to 20, if that really is going to be here. And Creed 2. There are some movies that are actually worth, I mean, you, you'll be spaced out. You probably won't uh, go to the movies every month, but like you did to 2017. But there's still some decent offerings. I mean, and if we want to see the guys trying, seeing hopefully that 10 years just isn't, I mean, was, was enough time. But Super Troopers 2 is coming out. So there's even a theory that could be fun. So yeah, there was so much demand for Super Troopers 2. Yeah, that they had to do it, what, 14 years later? I'm sorry, no, 17 years later. That came out no one. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Let's strike the iron while it's hot. Yeah. Jeff, I'm looking forward to Venom because we have been overwhelmed with superhero movies. I want a supervillain movie, damn it. I am looking forward also to, what is this, Alita? I've see I saw the uh trailer for Alita during the uh uh Star Wars uh two electric boogaloo. I <laughs> really want to see Alita because that to me it's like okay, this is new. This is something we really haven't seen. It's like anime mixed with live action. I just want something new, something that I haven't seen, something that's not a superhero movie or a tired retread. And I'm gonna give you one that I I know you probably are gonna laugh because Jason took Incredibles. Uh, that's one of my – I love The Incredibles. That's one of my favorite uh, uh, Disney movies of all time. But I'll be honest with you. I'm looking forward to Overboard with Anna Ferris because Overboard, if you guys remember, if anybody remembers Overboard. You're talking great. about the Meg Ryan? No, dude. No, dude. No. Come on, man. Come on. Okay. Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell. Come on, man. Ow. <laughs> it, it was a bad movie. Thought she just complained about remakes. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know why I'm looking just forward said, to it. I hate the remake. Something new and original. And you always thought yeah. that old and stale. Okay. Yeah, something something new and original, meaning something that's retreaded from the 80s. There, there, there's no way they're going to be. This is why I want to see it, though. I want to see how bad this is going to be. And it's like something that Jason and I, Jason and I go back to when we say, okay, what movies could they not remake today? From the 80s, right? Like, Adventures in Babysitting, you, there's no way you can make that movie today because of the advent of cell phone with the uh, the evolution of cell phones, rather. That movie doesn't happen today, right? And there are no teenage uh-huh. babysitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Overboard is one of those things with technology kind of negates this whole movie, so I really want to see what they do with it. I really I, I want to see what they do with it. Like Karate Kid a few years ago. I want to see what they do with it. Yeah, it was terrible, yeah, but I want to see what they do with it. Well, that's a very interesting list. Okay, so for mine, I came up with, you know, Creed 2 because I want to see Adonis Creed take on Dolph Lundgren. I'm all for driving. Wait a minute, what? It's going down. Yes. He's going toe-to-toe with the man who killed his father. Yes. Uh, Okay. All right, I guess Clubber Lang was fighting Alzheimer's, but go ahead. Not Clubber Lang. He's his Creed son. He's going to be no, fighting I know. 
I was going to say he's, he's fighting. He's fighting Ivan Drago or Ivan Drago's nephew or something. I mean, maybe maybe it's not relative to Drago. I think it's. it's so I mean, you know, Dolph Lundgren still looks like he go there and, and uh, kill somebody. So he's I'm a okay big guy. But... Him. Yeah, I mean, come on, all Ugh. he's doing is punching dudes. All right, all right. Okay. I'm looking forward to Greece. So that's, okay. that's okay. definitely on my list. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling through because I want to try to find some stuff that you guys did not mention. So, is Aquaman coming out? Aquaman Unfortunately, is out in December. So they've got enough time to try to figure out what they want to do to get it right, all that good stuff, and and hopefully everybody hating on the DC movies will be happy and satisfied. And also, there will be puppies and with rainbows for everybody. Pigs will be fly. With our least, yeah. with our least favorite DC comic character, yeah, we'll be more than satisfied. Overwhelmed he, with that. He's going to be the one to turn the tide. Oh yeah, yeah, because Aquaman, Rich Story's there. Come on, get it? Turn the tide, fun, uh, <laughs> fun, boom. I'm also looking forward to Ralph breaks the internet. Record Ralph two. The okay. album was funny and. I'm curious to see what kind of old school video games they're going to include in this one and just see what they do a little different because that movie was great until like the until like the last act and it just needed something else. I think with six years to take their time with it, it's going to be good. Uh, let's see. My last film that I am looking forward to is, uh, let's see, there's a couple. So I'm going to not cheat. I'm just going to choose one. I'm looking forward to seeing Sicario 2. Nicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin doing that drug war on the U.S.-Mexico mm-hmm. border because Sicario the first was an amazing spectacle of a movie and Benicio Del Toro was just amazing in it. So really good. that's what I'm looking forward to. Those are my three. I'm also curious about Tomb Raider uh, because, yeah, that should be good. And then speaking of fresh nope. and new... Did you know they've got a Predator remake coming out starring the yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. There was a list, if we were to go with the list of movies we're not excited about, Predator would be on I'll start that one off, because as I've been going through this list, there's quite a few movies that I'm not so much looking forward to. So wait, uh, so wait a minute. Who Who's in Predator? Humor me. Who, who's in this? All right, so the cast of Predator, because... I mean, the thing is, I don't really know how you can do Predator without having the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger front and center. But so far, the cast of this movie is Sterling K. Brown, who you may know from This Is Us. He's a great actor. I've seen him in that movie man. for a long time. You mean the first guy I'm to die? I'm feeling optimistic. No, no, no. we have more than one black guy. So we've got okay. tons of dudes right. to kill off. So we've right. got Trevante Rhodes. Who was also in Moonlight? Um, oh, his name's Shavante. He dies first. He dies in the yeah. in the opening. Man, that's his. That's his real name. He's not. Yeah. His name oh, I know. That's, that, because that's his real name. That's why he dies during the the first credit roll. His he name dies. in the movie is Williams. Yeah, and he dies during the trailer. Okay. This cast is actually pretty good. All right, so we've got right. we've got them. We've got Thomas Jane. Ex-Punisher. Okay. Yeah, Ex-Punisher. All right. Yeah, we've got Keegan-Michael Key, so he's going to be the funny guy. <laughs> this is what we need, comic relief in the Predator. I mean, why wouldn't you? Because we didn't have it in the Alfie first. Then Alfie Allen. Then we've got Who? Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones. Um, 
What's the old boy from? Oh boy, who lost? He got a man. Why can't yeah. I forget his name? You know, yeah, his he's chopped off. Beyond. Yeah. Beyond, yes. You know, okay. it's been so long since I watched Game of Thrones. Now that you know, I forgot his name. So I mean, we got I, him, we got Olivia Munn, and we got Yvonne Stravowski, or however you say her name from Chuck. What is the show? I never watched. Oh, the chick from the chick from Chuck. Oh, chick yeah. from Chuck. All right. No. So, all right, Jeff, you got to answer me this. You said, why don't we need comic relief? Who was the comic relief in the original Predator movie? It wasn't Sonny Lanham. It wasn't uh, Bill Duke. Jesse the Body, uh, man. Jesse what? the Body was the comic relief? No. I mean, I mean he, he had a pun or two. We but, had that yeah. 80s humor where they were just like, they were so cool and so unbeatable. It was just like, man, these dudes are funny because they are going to get scalped, skinned, yeah. otherwise killed. So, now, is yeah. Keegan Michael Key going to put on 20 pounds of muscle and be your over-the-top black dude giving you um, too much comic relief? Or I mean, I think I, that's what I'm saying. I think going to be more of Robert Downey Jr. from uh, Tropic Thunder. From Tropic Thunder? Yeah, that's, that's why I hope he dies doing it. I hope he dies <laughs> doing the opening credit. I really <laughs> does. No. When they, like, roll, boom, predator. And, yeah, he gets the three lasers on his forehead. Yeah, and we see his brain on someone's shoe. That's what I'm pulling for. But you know what I'm very... So, what has me very worried and concerned about this movie? Shane Black is directing it. If you're not familiar with uh, Shane Black, he was the dude who directed Iron Man three, my yeah. favorite of the Marvel Studio films. Least more wait, more so than Spider Man three? No, I'm, I'm talking directly Real. about Marvel Studios. That's just okay. Marvel okay. Studio films. Okay. Oh, wait a minute, guys. This this one might make the top of the list. Mm-hmm. of the movies we are least forward to looking forward to. Now, I might have my own solo team. I haven't, even finished, I haven't even finished my list. You guys were so oh, excited to come in, and I haven't finished breaking down okay. the movies. I'm Please go out here. Go out here. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. So, solo, because I, am, <laughs> I just, I'm really concerned about their lack of creativity with that title. So, I have major concerns. And I, I'm not a huge fan of Alden Enric, who's playing Han Solo. He was terrible in Beautiful Creatures. And, you know, this is another chopped up Walt Disney Star Wars movie where we replaced the director midway through. I'm really not looking forward to this one. The only thing that has my remote interest in it is Donald Glover, because I think he, I would actually be more on board to watch a Lando Calrissian standalone movie than this movie, trying to figure out whatever way to buy Trying to figure out what it is. I mean, I see Woody the, the movie is. title is enough. Solo, a Star Wars story. You know they were in a boardroom for at least 20 minutes coming up with titles. What do we call it? They were shooting stuff down. And then they decided, Come on, guys, what do we name Solo. This and I, I just can't wait for the Kenobi movie titled Kenobi. No, Ben. I think that's probably the way they're going to go. Ben. The old, no, old Boba Ben. Fett, this... Boba Fett movie set the Star fat. Wars the story. Fat. You know, I'm going to need them to come up. Yeah, the set. No, you see, that almost sounds cool. They have to go with some lame. <laughs> they got a really good name, huh? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to that. And I'm a super Star Wars fan. I am also, my last one on the list here, I'm so not looking forward to watching Fox. Finally, 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 if I could pop 
10 bottles of champagne, I would right now much louder than New Year's Eve in New Orleans because that was lame. But anyway, X-Men, Dark Phoenix. For the last time, Fox gets to try to crap on the X-Men legacy, and they're going to try to quickly cram in years of story buildup to rush into doing the Dark Phoenix saga. I don't know why Ugh. they need to do this for a second time to get it Ugh. wrong again. Ugh. So, yeah, okay. I, uh, Couldn't Marvel, if Disney gets that movie, could they just, like, scrap it to make sure it doesn't come out? Just literally just goes no. in the fireplace no. and just throws away? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. So. Like, cause that's, two, that's two really good movies that Disney, I mean, Disney could get out of that movie. It really would work. I mean, it's like this. That's a graphic novel. You could break that up into two parts. Like Disney is like, hey, we're gonna lose. We people are gonna get sick, kind of tired of the Avengers, so we're gonna have like we're gonna have to recast the whole Avengers. I mean, X Men anyway. So let's just act like this movie didn't happen. Like we we don't have we didn't have we didn't have a third uh, Spider Man with Andrew Garfinkel Garfield, which would have been I was perfectly okay with. I mean, like, I would have loved to see a third one, but that wasn't the case, so whatever. Okay. But I agree with you. Dark Phoenix is definitely on my list. Solo is also there. But I have the definitive one that nobody wants to see. Um, Scarface. What the hell is that? Scarface. Diego Luna is going to be reprising the role that Al Pacino made famous. And, yeah. Oh, Scarface? I'm not looking forward to that. Scarface. No, There's a Scarface reboot coming up? Yeah. Man. Where have I been? I haven't seen it. Oh, wow. Okay, that's bad. <laughs> that is bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's going to happen. That's not going to work. No. No, it's not. Yeah. You just can't do that. It's, yeah. It's like trying to recreate a Stevie Wonder song yeah, with 808 and Trap. You just don't do it. Nah. Um, my three are... 72-year-old Tom Cruise starring in another Mission Impossible. No one wants to see that. Um, I'm on the fence. You know, given Ghostbusters, uh, what, from what, 15, was that 15? 16. 16. The all-girl version of, uh, the all-female version of uh, Oceans, the Oceans movie. Look, I, Oceans 11, the, the the first one in the, in the so, um, what is his name, uh, Clooney, Pitt, Soderbergh era. Yeah, that was good. They should have left that alone. But if you want to go around... You are yeah, 18 dude. on 12 and 13. Oh, yeah. 12 had, 12 had a great soundtrack. 12 had a great soundtrack. If you want to go through Europe and Las Vegas and make movies with your buddies, great. Just don't charge me 20 bucks for it. You want to make a, a buddy a buddy heist movie? Yeah, go you, go you go do your thing and look cool and wear outfits and whatever. Just don't charge me 20 bucks for that. They both like sunk. Eleven was good. Eight, oh, no. Thirteen was hating. money. What is wrong with you? Thirteen was money. Thirteen Al was Pacino. money. Yeah. Al Pacino basically playing every screaming Al Pacino character that he's played since Scent of a Woman. Just this time, it's a heist movie. <laughs> no. Andy uh, Garcia. I'll pass. I mean, dude, it's a guy from the three reunion. Come on. I'll pass. What's one memorable scene from that movie? Okay. One memorable uh, uh, scene when Terry Benedict is going, 
yeah, he's in the mirror, and he's like, whatever. And then George Clooney rolls his eyes. That was great. I was born and for the it. Whole scene. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And then oh, wow. The thing with that's worth, that's and worth, and that's worth 15 bucks. And I, I have it in my collection. I watched Oh, yeah, that's, that's worth 15 bucks right there. I would gladly I would pay, pay for that. <laughs> no, man. I, <laughs> I would gladly pay no. for that. <laughs> you're, you're I'm, I'm being real. I'm just being real. That, Jay that's Freddy stunk. gets this guy, man. Jay Fred gets this guy. <laughs> I, you, I, I picked him off streets and, and Laurel back they in the day. Just clean me up. They just clean me up and, and, and put me in front of a computer, and here I am. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not. Those weren't my cup of tea. I'm not. I don't know what Sandra Bullock and the crew can do with this. Not looking forward to that, really. Um, and also Jurassic World. Do we need another Jurassic Park movie? Is anybody really saying, okay, you know what? I love Jurassic World so much. The story was so believable. They made so uh, much Chris money. Pine did such a great job that let's do it again. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. They made too to much money. One. Yeah, I yeah. mean they're gonna make money off it, and I understand that. But I just I'm not gonna I'm I'm backing away from it. I'm not gonna see it. Um, what about uh, Ready Player One? You know, I'm actually kind of intrigued with that one. It, it's like the Matrix Avatar, the Avatar Matrix. Maybe you put that in the 3D, a real good IMAX 3D, put a story around it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll, I'll pay my 20 bucks for it, you know. I okay. mean, that's something I haven't seen. So, okay. All right. try, let's try it out. Okay. That's how I feel about right. Alita, so I understand that. All right. So, somebody who kind of shares a similar viewpoint with you about movies, Jodie Foster. She's made a lot of headlines this week because she had a massive diss on all things comic book superhero movies. This is mm-hmm. her quote. Going to the movies has become like a theme park. Studios making bad content in order to appeal to the masses and share and shareholders is like fracking. You get the best return right now, but you wreck the earth. I feel like I make movies because there are things I have to say in order to figure out who I am or my place in the world or for me to evolve as a person. And then, well, you know, just because bank rolls can be what they are and bank accounts can get empty, she said she'd participate in a superhero film only if it had really complex psychology. My yeah. thing with Jodie Foster is, have you watched any of her movies lately? Did you see no. Elysium with Matt Damon? That yeah, it, it was worse than any recent comic book movie. Well, here's the thing, Jeff. This is, I'm sorry, I'm jumping right in. And tell me if I'm, you know, going to, I'm, I'm, I'm setting, offsetting the, the, the flow and vibe, but, sorry, you know, I like to talk. If Jodie Foster's gonna be involved with a, a superhero movie, here's the thing about superhero movies. You go to turn your brain off in these things. You just wanna be entertained. We're not looking for the deeper meanings of anything when we go see Ant-Man, okay? She's gonna make it really not. pretentious. We're, exactly. She's gonna, she wouldn't want to, like she said, it would have to be up to Jodie Foster's standards. So it would be really pretentious, super long, and you would walk away from it after two and a half hours thinking, what the hell did I just watch? Or you watch the movie you talk. Yeah, yeah. You could just watch the Hulk. They're, they're, Jodie Foster would be in the Hulk. You, you called it. That's it right there. And we would all hate it. So, yeah, we Jody, would hate it. Yeah, Jodie, we'll, we'll, uh, 
will hopefully not see you in any comic book movies as we continue to to frack the earth and enjoy and be entertained because I think everybody wants to go to the movies these days to be entertained, to laugh, to get away from Twitter yeah. and the it's escapism. Yeah. That's all escapism, dude. Yeah. I mean, we can't all star in movies with uh, Hannibal Lecter because that really was stimulating and made me think, wait a second, that, that's wrong. Sorry. Okay. Moving right along. Today, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen it on Netflix, but uh, Dave Spike Lee's She's Got to Have It has been adapted and it's uh, running right now on Netflix. The lead yeah. for that is named DeWanda Wise. She has now been added to the cast of Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel. Now, I'll give you a second to I'll take a quick look. DeWanda Wise kind of has a quick look that she could play Monica Rambeau, who is also Captain Marvel and the Marvel Avengers universe. She was the member who was, who was around. She was like the first black female member of the Avengers. And man, if I'm really pressed and I'm thinking really, really hard, I'm not sure if she's had any company on the roster of other black female Avengers. I'm kind of thinking no. So yeah, so she held a real high of, you know, she's she's high up with me on in terms of Marvel characters who I've been excited and hoping to actually get a spotlight in the movie universe. So mm-hmm. I know with Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow kind of getting phased out as they move to the next phase, I would like to see maybe two Captain Marvels running around if one of them is Monica. So what do you guys think about that? Are you... Are you excited about the potential of more black females in the Marvel Studio universe? I know we've got Kevin Thompson as Valkyrie, but you know maybe some more. No, dude, damn straight, all day. Give me more, hey, more black females, more black males, more Asian males, females, Latinos, diversity, diversity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy because there's no Asian character popping up. No. I'm kind of looking forward no. to seeing one, a Latino hero. I need Marvel like Studios to get to work on that. It was like, damn, you know, with all the, the mutants that exist, it's like the mutant gene crossed the Asians, huh? We just, no Asian mutants, huh? Well, no, they, they have yeah, those. In the shoddy X-Men movies, they have been, but I, I, yeah. I just assume not. I was going to say, there's a Jimmy, uh, like in a, car, in a comic book, there's a couple of like a uh, I, I want to I'm say I'm okay. movie say. Oh, um, um, movies? Yeah, no, movie just white guys. Yeah. Just white guys. White guys. Just white guys and women. Yeah, and, and Sean. Yeah. Ah, got it. In fairness, in fairness, Marvel Studios has done a really great job of putting black superheroes in their Avengers universe, in their film universe. Uh, you saw the uh, Empire thing. It was, I think it was Empire. They had covers with different members of the Avengers uh, Infinity War, and they mm-hmm. had four covers, and all but one of them had a black actor in the mix with mm-hmm. them. And I think the last time I kind of broke it down, it's like there's maybe four uh, main heroes: Black Panther, um, Fury, because right. I count him, uh, War Machine, yeah. Falcon. And if he's gonna do anything, if he's just for a second gonna go giant size, we've got Lawrence Fishburne who's playing Bill Foster, who's Black Goliath in the comic books. 
right. we've got a decent amount of brothers in in, the, in this universe. So yeah. I like to see them kind of branch out to some other things. I know you know Ant Man had a really good mix of characters, different different ethnicities. Uh, he had a Latino sidekick, best friend. So I'm hoping that we see more of this. And part of this because Marvel just historically just hasn't really focused on Asian and Latino superheroes. I mean, well, overall Avenger diversity crew, when we, it comes to superheroes. A sidekick yeah. is one thing, yeah, but wearing the cape, being the one behind the mask, that's what I want to see. And I don't want to just see – I mean, I'm a black man. I want to see black men and black women getting these roles, of course. But, you know, I'm an equal opportunist. Everybody should be it. If I'm a young Indian kid in the, in, in America right now, who represents me when I look at the, the Avengers movies, you know, or, mm-hmm. or or the DC comics? I want everybody to be represented. The Latino yeah. superhero, the Indian, the, the Asian superhero, the Native American superhero – you can't just exclude every. You can't just have that exclusion. Include everybody because not for nothing, these people are paying the ticket to see these movies. I would like to see yeah. that they're represented as well, that they have a hero as well. Yeah, we have more green superheroes in the Marvel Studio Universe than we have Muslims, Asians, or Latinos. So yeah, gotta work on it. We yeah. gotta work on it. Yep. All right. So here's a, here's a fun bit of news. Um, Animaniacs, because I know we all were old enough to remember watching that on TV and uh, weekday afternoon. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's coming back. Steven Spielberg is is back on as producer, and we're going to get more Animaniacs. It's going to be on Hulu. James, what do you think about this? Okay. Uh, Anything, this is one of those important things for any comic book, I mean cartoons. All it would take is you not hearing old Dot's voice. (laughs) <laughs> and in your life, what the heck is this? Done. Uh, if you heard Animaniacs has Pinky in the Brain in it, if you didn't hear Pinky in the Brain as their original voice, they'd be like, I'm out. I'm, I'm running. I mean, like, that's like listening to uh, the, the Muppets now. It's like, without Jim Henson as Kermit, you're just like, I'm out. I, I have no, I want no part of this. Yeah. So, Animaniacs, again, this is what? trying to. It's like, hey, I can watch Animaniacs on Netflix. I enjoy it. It makes me laugh if I want. I don't need to see that come back again. I mean, you are such a hater. I mean, you have everybody's a hater. I mean, but really, you watch no second of this remake. And Animaniacs was so great because they poke fun at current pop culture. And there's so much stuff. They did, Jeff. But that was 1992, right? If you don't do it the right the way, this is but what you work. have. You have a new Peanuts. You have, a, have you have you tried to watch one of the new Peanuts specials? Yeah. Yes, Jeff, have fine. you? Yeah, no, I would no, rather pull fine. my toenails out at the base. No, he's try, he couldn't even watch uh, the new Christmas uh, I mean, Peanuts. He was like, nah, that's not yeah, the good dude, one. That's not the good one. Yeah, dude, it's the same theory. It's like watching The Simpsons and all the voices are replaced. No, can't do it. Can't do it. This is what I know. Sorry. I mean, I, I understand they're going to do it anyway, and unless everybody's on board and they keep it in the same vein, but you kind of can't. You gotta, you gotta new it up. It's like the new Looney Tunes when they brought the Looney Tunes back out, and Ooh. everybody had cell phones that was, and, that was, and complex that was, issues. Yeah, it wasn't good. No. Yeah, it wasn't good. So I'm, we, I'm we don't need that, Jason. We don't need it. All right. And if that's All what right. it's going to be, eh. Well, look, Hulu believes in it so much. It has 
two seasons already. So that's more than like the NBC commitment to shows. So that's more than a Fox commitment to shows. That's not true. So what is that? That moves on to my next news. The Gifted has been renewed for season two. So if you've been like me and kind of skeptical and kind of waiting around to see what's going to happen, they've got a second season coming. So now you can comfortably watch season one and get sucked into it. Lonnie swears by it. I keep telling him I'm going to watch it. Now we can because it's definitely up for a second season. That's great. That's great. Because Fox historically don't commit to none of their shows. Not normally, no. So that's, that's good. Now Gotham comes on at like Thursdays at one in the morning. It's like, come on, it's dude, late. this is your number one show. A, a year or two then, ago, this was your. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I still mess with Gotham. That show Me too. has gone so far off the rails from normal <laughs> continuity, but I love it because it just yeah. says, "Who cares? We're just yeah. gonna do our own thing, and if you don't like it, who cares about you?" And I love that approach because it's just like, you know what? Why why can't Bruce Wayne as a teenager be swinging around as Batman? And why can't teenage Catwoman be trying to try out a whip and doing her thing? It's crazy. We've even got Solomon Grundy walking around. And that show is guts. It, it's crazy. It's, it's got guts because they don't know whether – I guess that's because they don't know whether or not they're going to be canceled or not. So they're just like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to throw it all out here. See what's They really do. It, Yo, did anybody ever watch Sleepy Hollow? Any of y'all watch Sleepy I Hollow? I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't think. I knew every. I figured every week was the week before it got canceled. And <laughs> it was. was like, <laughs> it was like Quantum Leap at the end, man. We're gonna just make Sam uh, uh, Rasputin and see. Hey, look, if the, if the network goes for it, whatever. If we get this past them, whatever, we'll put it on the air. That's what it was. Well, I don't I mean, know if it's canceled or not. Well, Fox base is, as you were saying, Jeff, like Fox is very bad on hyping shows. They're almost like ABC. I mean, NBC. They'll hype a show for way too long. And then three episodes in, they're like, yeah, we're done with this. Like Minority Report, Alcatraz, like APB. I mean, if we could start them. Yeah. Like you can just name way too many shows. And you're like, I don't think I see it, but let's see if you're going to make it a season. Dude. Oh. They had a show three years ago with Delroy Lindo. I, it, it came and went so fast, I can't remember the name of the show, but Delroy Lindo was like the crooked man. And I know what you're talking like about. Six episodes. Episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was a good show. It seemed like it. Did, it. It was, and they did yeah. not give it a chance. Fox does that so much with shows. They do not let it take a life of its own. And they really miss out. You could have a hit if you just give it a chance to mature. It's like I can't imagine if NBC would have said, you know what, this is this is NBC back in the day, the nineties, you know. If they would have said, you know what, Seinfeld ain't working, it's on Tuesday nights at eight, we just can't find a time slot for it, cancel it. Think of let's what would have happened. Let's move it around I mean, to Thursday. Let's let's move it to Friday at eight thirty. Maybe people yeah. watch it. It's been a popular season one. Let's move it around a couple nights and see if people yeah. still follow. Hey, Again, I'm still mad at ABC for moving happy endings from oh. its nice, safe, comfortable spot behind Modern Family where it was really working, mm-hmm. and then they moved it to some random day that was like, mm-hmm. all right, just cancel the thing. Just let, let's cut the crap. Like I, I told you, a friend of mine was writing for that show, Sierra O'Nellis. I worked with her at the Smithsonian. Oh. She left well, Sierra did an awesome job. 
I love yeah. that show. No, she I'm did. She, it was a great show. It was. She lands on her feet. She's now over at uh, NBC. She's on uh, writing for Super. What is it? Ooh, Ugly Betty I, Show. Ugly Betty Show. Are you talking about that uh, superhero ah, show? That, no, no, no. Super, the, 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 the Walmart. Type. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I ain't watching it yet. Don't go tell her. It's NBC. <laughs> we had to trust them, but yeah. I, yeah. That at least was funny in the commercials. When I watched it yeah, during yeah. the football game, about to take my hiatus <laughs> until the Winter Olympics, but yeah. All right, so more casting news. Method Man, Johnny Blaze, will be joining the next chapter of the Shaft series. And huh? Be, you know, teaming up Shaft. You know, the, the Samuel L. Jackson series. Richard Roundtree. Shaft? They did John Shaft? Shaft? He's a complicated yes. man and no one can understand him but his woman, John Shaft. Shut your mouth. Say, you damn right. Wait, is this going to be on network or is it Netflix or something? No, 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 Trainer. no, no. no. It's, it, it's straight movie, straight movie. It's a, oh, wow, oh, really? Son, son of Shaft. Who's going to be Shaft? Michael B. Jordan. Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, all right, all right, all right. But it's called Son of Shaft? Yeah, I'm not quite sure who they've got. I think maybe it's Jesse T. Usher. He's going to be playing the son of Shaft. I'm pretty who sure the hell that. Is that? He, he was in uh, that whack Independence Day remake. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, all right, all right. Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's all right. I mean, I don't know. I can't say because I never saw the movie. I stayed away from that. But I, I wish him the best, man. I honestly thought that would have been Michael P. Michael B. Jordan. Dude, he he is too big right now to be in a shaft remake. Yeah, he's way Yeah, I mean, I would do it if I were him. Now, Tyrese probably has the chance that he could do it. Tyrese is fifty-three years old. Tyrese is fifty-three years old. I don't know how he could have tried for that messy man role. Okay, all right, the mess role, but if you go on son of shaft, you need a young dude, man. Touching 30 at the minimum, at the maximum, rather. Touching yeah. 30 at the max. He can be the oldest young cat. Yeah. All right, so hope you guys were not preparing and expecting to watch the latest adventures of John and Sansa anytime in 2018 because Game of Thrones has officially been announced and it will not return until 2019. Oh, great. Don't care. Do you think this delay is going to matter whatsoever, or are you going to be that excited when it comes back a year from now? I have well, never watched medieval porn. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. I've talked too much. <laughs> Plus, I'm drinking wine. Plus, I'm drinking wine. So, please, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> Honestly, we kind of knew it was going to go like that. Because, I mean, it's like the the author has not written. It's like he can give you rough drafts and say, here's where I want the story to go. But... All it would take is him writing a book. He, if his book says something different, it's going to cause this like massive continuity issue in there. But oh, well, that doesn't count. So you're almost like, hey, let's give him another year. Let him write this book. Uh, even with his his pointers, we'll have a book. If he writes the book, he he publishes it. We're good to go. We're happy. We're we're happier campers. Uh, so I don't think it hurts me in my Game of Thrones watching. Uh, I knew it was coming, kind of. So I, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll stick around. It's like, it, it's like it hasn't jumped the rails like kind of uh, 
as I kind of always talk about Walking Dead, it's like, will I continue Jumping to stick ahead. around? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Don't, okay, don't get okay. too excited. Hold on. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm staying in my, I'm staying in my zone. I'm staying right. in my center. My cheese here. Another step. As, 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 as my, <laughs> don't worry. I, I got you covered. Um, as my own baby said, this show is the dark crystal with a lot of boobies and blood. I, I just, I never got into it. We didn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I, I don't know what it is. I never got into Game of Thrones. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo on it because there's a nation of people who love that show and swear by it. It's your thing. Great. Uh, and, and honestly, if you like a show that much, you're not gonna care. It's like with the Sopranos, how, remember when they had their abbreviated or was that the fifth or sixth season where they went on like long, like nearly year and a half long hiatus? Yeah, I think they, they did 18 back. months. Too. Yeah, they did something like that and, and it still was the most watched and one of the most watched seasons and finales ever so it's not going to matter people love the show they'll come back when it comes back all right so i i know i'm looking forward to it the good thing is that this will allow me to use the summertime to catch up on some shows that i ordinarily would not watch or binge on all those great amazing shows everyone like pretty little lies that i'm missing yeah. um, I will i will reserve comment on pretty little liars because team mom og no, definitely not. No, there's, there's, <laughs> there's too much TV to watch. I'm watching there's now, way too much TV to watch to start with that. There's, there's nothing on. All right, so we got so we're we're back at the point now where all the big shows, all the comic book shows, are going to be coming back next week, and I'm almost caught up on Agents of Shield. I'm not quite sure where this thing is going with them with their adventures in outer space, but Shield was so good last year, I'm willing to just sit back and patiently wait to figure out what's happening. Um, we've also got Gotham rolling along, and it's madness. But I want to talk with you guys about the shows that I'm not as excited about coming back as I normally am after the winter break. Mm-hmm. So that's, and they are? That's, that's Arrow, that's Flash, maybe not so much Flash, but definitely Arrow in The Walking Dead. Let's start mm-hmm. first with Arrow, and then we'll go dissect it, dig in, pun intended, with Walking Dead. <laughs> so, so, James, let's, what, let's, what's, let's, what's going on with Arrow, man? Okay. Arrow, they slipped back kind of into the season three or four. Uh, Oliver and Felicity are the whole game, and, you know, all the other stuff doesn't really matter. Like, that in-season, I mean, at mid-season, Cliffhanger was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. I've been watching this show for like a year and a half plus. That dude wasn't like that. What's going on? It's like like a, the reveal of Vigilante was like, huh? Wait a minute. I, I don't get that at all. And then like, it's just like I, I'm, I'm tired. I really wish I, I liked uh, Elizabeth and uh, Emily as a person. You know, she looks like a fun person. You know, Instagram's fun, but. Uh, her character in Arrow needs to die. Uh, I hope her well, but her <laughs> character has to, to die. Let's go off. Yeah, so. Killer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, every time, it's an easy crush the writers go to when they <laughs> really, they want to fill those other moments 
of the show that they it's a crutch. I mean, it's kind of a Smallville line of crutch that they need to get rid of as soon as possible. It's like it's like it doesn't have to be Oliver and Dinah as soon as possible, or but at the very least, she has to, she, her that that show has to go um, in a in a very different direction to kind of get me motivated to watch this next part of the season. So, Jay King, are you watching Arrow? Uh, no. I was just gonna say, if you were to ask me, I would say Arrow shoots arrows. Um, and Sorry. yeah, that's a show about archery. About hey, well, that, that's pretty much it. But I, I wish it were that simple. But no, it's about a chick who can do anything with a computer with ten keystrokes, including playing a beta tape. That's right. No, 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 and stopping so nuclear robot. missiles. So, Mr. Robot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Always remember stuff. stopping nuclear missiles when no one else can figure it out. Oh, wow. Right, so, Mr. Robot. She, she screwed up and dumped a nuke on a, another area, so I'm not giving her a pass on that one. I know the writers does. I yeah. got to start yeah. watching these shows, man. I got to start I, watching. Because kids watch it. Little kids watch Arrow. I don't watch it. You know, I'm, I think like, you normally. Arrow's good. Yeah, you'll definitely enjoy the first. You go on Netflix, you'll really enjoy the first two seasons. That third season, be like, what? You okay. know what? Else? The third I'll season gets a bit shaky. What season are we at now? Like five or something? We're, it's not six. Season five okay. was okay. It was. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I'm gonna start really because. Yeah, yeah, if I'm gonna be doing this more, I need to be up on these shows. If I'm gonna be yeah. calling in, which I like to, and this is this is a blast for me, guys. By the way, because I don't often get to do this, stuff like this, so yeah, I need to catch up on these shows. Yeah, I would highly recommend Arrow. Maybe you can get the Cliff Notes version of season four, but yeah, yeah. season two, three, and five are well, two, one, two, and five are really good. Three okay. kind of goes off the rails midway through, and four is just pretty much a train wreck, except for one yeah. significant event that messes everything up. Anyway. Yeah, car- right, four, so. four is what you do when you're doing cardio at the gym. Just like, wow, this is really making that sense, but yeah. I can run no, through it. No, no. Most of your favorite right. shows are going to go through those ups and downs, you know? Yeah. Well, season four, Most. and it looks like season Remember Lost Season 3? No. I, I don't have any bad memories of any season of Lost. Really? No. I just just, just doing rosy colored glasses. <laughs> rose rose colored sure. glasses. No, that never happened. No, no vortex. No, I, no. Because uh, lost. The only time that I was kind of worried was when they did the same thing with the other crew. Uh, yeah. When they found, yeah. hey, there are other people who crashed too. But then they made that work, and then they had one of my all-time favorite episodes showing how that crashed and burned with them. How that and, worked? Yeah. 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 So they they fixed the problem. Well, they cleaned it up. Be a big issue. Yeah. But then they Steve was just yeah. like, "Look, there's more stuff going on in this island," and they just kept. They didn't just rely on that flashback thing, which I thought was going to be a crutch the longer it went. But they totally kept maneuvering around my expectations. Love lost, so no no issues there. I mean, but I, I'm mm. a guy who likes 24, and the, and the setup every season is the same thing. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's the same thing. Jack Bauer is having right. the worst day of his life every day. But he always has it spread out like two or three years in advance. So it's not like it's yeah. every other week. So, yes, all right, all right. yeah, it eventually, it eventually takes its toll. All right. So, Jace, I know you have not been watching, but Legends, 
of tomorrow has managed to find its sweet spot of understanding these guys are a bunch of morons who are not superheroes and just screw-ups who need to fix time. It's gotten a lot better because they don't treat them like legends and just screw-ups. So maybe now's the time to start giving another shot. Uh, you know, I would, but, you know, that's one of my good gym days. And, you know, I really just can't afford that extra hour, man. It's like, oh, I'm okay. sorry. All right. All right. And if you're not watching Supergirl, what's the deal? Are you watching Supergirl now? Yeah, no. Me? I'm I'm watching Supergirl. 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 Supergirl's been entertaining. Supergirl's um, been good this season. Yeah. It's like, I mean, after last year's, she pers- yet she persisted, which really just made me want to, you know, stab myself in the eye. I got over this. <laughs> after, I think it was Lonnie, after his rage, he said, no, it's not ra- causing me to rage as much. I gave it a couple of, uh, you know, I, I watched it on demand. I'm like, okay, this is correcting some of the issues. And, you know, I, I'm excited when that comes back. I'll definitely, it's on the DVR. So it's, it's definitely going to get its uh, review. All right. And then the show that I know you, Mr. King, are very excited to talk about. The Walking Dead. So- Coral! <laughs> Coral! All right. So, all so right. we had a lot of stuff going on with The Walking Dead. <laughs> there was way too much going on. Eventually, one of, one of the... Uh, original cast members and this season was kind of weird at least so far because i don't think anybody really knew what time anything was going on i think that this season really needs a 24 timer just so i know what's happening when it's happening and who it's happening to at what time so what do you think about what's been going on so far all right jeff if i may please bear with me please bear with me i'm gonna go back a little bit to uh, what was that season? The start of season six. This is where at now. Eight, right? Oh, we're season okay. eight. Yeah, I think we're at season eight now. Uh, season six, when they got to Alexandria, and uh, after they'd been there, and um, this is the start of that season when they went to the quarry. Remember that? Remember the brick's bright idea to go down to the quarry to. To kill the walkers that wasn't bothering anybody, but because they may be getting out of that quarry sometime soon, we need to go down there and risk half the population to kill them. Oh yeah, that's that's the plan worked the, out just fine. The that's black and white episode looked really cool. It looked like yeah, it was going to be like a change of pace. That looked kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool, did. Yeah, that's when things started to fall off the rails because I think that's when the writers realized, okay, we may not have anywhere to really go with this storyline. Um, you don't care about the Alexandrians enough to uh, 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 be invested in their life or death, right? We know we have characters that we just can't kill off, but for the sake of continuity with the storyline of the comic, the print comic, we gotta we got to kind of stay in line with that. And from there, a lot of nonsensical stuff happened, a lot of storylines and characters got introduced that didn't really go anywhere. Like, why do we still care about uh what's her name Kara, danny masterson's sister why do we still care about her why is rosita still involved with the show there's there's so much going on with this show right now that doesn't make a great deal of sense like if you've been watching folks listening you guys what what was the point of 
Daryl and, 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 and Tara and others going rogue, if we had all agreed that this was the, the mission, this is what we're going to do. The Daryl and Rick fight because <laughs> we need yeah, – well, well, you're laughing, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we need to fight because we got this pent-up uh, homoerotic rage. It's like, come on, dude. We don't need that. What we need is continuity. Rick going rogue and saying, okay, I'm, you know, I, I know that the garbage people screwed us, but, you know, it's strength in numbers, and I need to go over there and make things right with the naked garbage sculptor girl who talks in code and, and, and to see if I can get them on our side. What was the point of that? What was the point? If we would have just gone about this saying, look, we got what we got, the kingdom, the hilltop, the Alexandrians, and we're going to make this work. Screw the garbage people. If they show their heads again, the next time we were to see the garbage people, it should have been after the fact of the war, and we know the good guys are going to win the war. We know it, all right? After that fact, if they would have went there and burned down the, the, the landfill that these people sleep in, fantastic. Great. I'm okay with that. But there was no need for Rick to go there and make a faux, a faux alliance with them. That's not going to lead to anything anyway because they're just going to back out again. Carl's and they dad, did. And they did. And they did, which is to be expected. I blame them because I blame Rick. That was so stupid. I'm going to go by and hope for the best, even though these guys have repeatedly shown they no, are. You know, no, you know who your allies are. Yeah. You know who your allies are? That group of Amazonians in the woods who lost all their men to the saviors. Because there's some pent-up rage there. And uh, who was it? I think, uh, what's the guy? No, not Tara. Uh, What's her name? Enid and the other guy, Ross Marquand. I I can't remember his character. I know his his, No, the the, the, uh, the Aaron, the white guy who was the uh, other, the... a uh, 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 gay friend who 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 lost his lover uh, a few episodes Aaron. back. Yeah, yeah. They went there, um, because they I guess they wanted to see. Hey, look, it's 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 hitting the fan. We need we need support. We need help. Those are the ones that they should have been reaching out to from the start, not mm-hmm. the trash heap people. Forget them. That's a storyline that has died. That should have died. When Ezekiel and Shiva came out of the woodworks, like, hold up, we them boys, you know, when they were so clutch last year. Yeah, that's when that, that storyline with the garbage people should have died. The next time we see them is after the war, and we go get revenge on them as the Alexandrians. Cool. Yeah. Right. What should be the focus of, an, uh, of the next alliance should be the ladies of the woods, because they have an animosity towards the savior. They actually have a, a bone in that fight. They have a, a dog in that fight. They lost people that they love to those people. And they are really ch- – some of those women were really chomping at the bit. When Rick and them went to steal the guns, you saw that they really had like, okay, some of us would be down for that. We want to fight. They should have focused on that. So it's a wasted opportunity, especially when you cut mid-season to that and then Enid – Shoots the, the 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 lead of that group, which was, <laughs> it's like okay, why would you do that? Yeah, that was All right, great. That was that so was great. Fantastic. Way to waste that. Yeah, way to waste this alliance. All right. Um, what they should have focused on that. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Now you should have focused on that. That's your dog. That's your dog in the fight. 
And having them come in as a wild card would have added another element. Not the trash people, forget them. The whole Rick and Daryl fight, which was pointless. The only redeeming factors for this past half season. I'm sorry, I burped. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, the only redeeming factors have been Carl and Father Gabriel scratching deeper surfaces to Negan, but at the same time, it kind of cheapens Negan. Because yeah. I, keep, I keep saying this, it cheapens him because other than these moments, you don't, he's not the governor, man. You, you felt a certain way for the governor. I, David Morrissey did such a great job as the governor. I guess because the show was, was, was really well written in those seasons, I guess. Maybe that's just me talking as a fan. But the governor was the baddie of the series. Negan is kind of a, he's a cartoon character. And that's no disrespect to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but I think the writers have done a really piss poor job of developing Negan. If we can get an hour long episode about how Morgan became stick master who thinks a whole life is precious, but then I gotta kill everybody I see. If we can get an episode of that, we can get an episode dedicated to what makes Negan tick. What I can do with, Negan, who I, he I is. can I can live with a flashback if we're gonna do an extended episode character development. I can deal with a pre uh what savior Negan yeah. like. I, Jesse, I can deal with that. Jesse, I can no, I think the, the reason time. they haven't done that with him yet is because Negan is this monster and if you start to humanize the monster the same way they did with the governor, then it turns your opinion. And with Negan, he has to be that crazy out there unpredictable dude who bashed Glenn and Abraham with his yeah. spike baseball bat. And if you start to feel a little sympathetic towards him, it really cheapens to the significant death in the show. But see, Jeff, here's my thing with that, right? Even in doing that, right, you're not cheapening anything because what you're doing also is insulting the intelligence of your viewers by saying, okay, yeah, he's a monster because he killed Abraham and 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 Glenn, but Rick kind of went in sight unseen and killed maybe two dozen of his. There's a they cause and effect. They asked, they asked him, to. him to. They didn't have to do food. anything. Alexandria wasn't under nothing. attack. They listened to a bald drunk up there on the hilltop who told them these people are taking advantage of us. And Rick was all, he was full of himself and gumption and said, we'll get rid of them for you because you got fruits and vegetables. We'll buy some seeds from them and take them back to Alexandria. Who's to say they would have even attacked you? You don't he, understand he how out important here. bananas and oranges and apples <laughs> are in the Walking Dead world. I, I, I get it. Barter. Not That's like all I'm Barter. Barter. This is think- bartering. I think this is the one food that the uh, zombies don't eat, so, you know, you can make a garden and be pretty okay. I, what I'm saying is, I, I get that part, but the viewers are smart enough to understand the whole, the whole cause of what we see. It's not just because the saviors are, the saviors are who they are. They've always been there. We get that part of it. But Negan wasn't always Negan. And I think for a character like him, we got to see traces of the governor's humanity and insanity throughout his storyline. So we were never 
fully ten toes vested in the fact that he's a good guy or a bad guy. We saw that this guy's got a lot of sugar honey iced tea with him. He's got a lot of things going on with him, right? And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with Negan. There's a lot going on there because the telling parts to Negan to me haven't been when things are going his way and he's more cartoon than real life because, you know, he the whole shtick of Negan can get kind of irritating because there's nothing there's nothing else there other than, hey, I'm Negan. Here's my dip. I'm going to say things people don't normally say, like pee-pee pants city. Yeah, yeah. What bad guy says that, right? But aside from that, having given him more meat, like saying, okay, this is why Negan is Negan, helps you to understand and relate more to the character. And those moments have only come when Father Gabriel and he were locked into that trailer, and the moments that he had with Carl, where it was just them one-on-one in the last episode, the the season, the mid-season finale, when he's coming to the grips, he's like, you really want to die, don't you? He can't get – Carl says something to him, is this the person that you you thought you would be? And Negan just – he stopped. He stopped. That was a great bit of show right there where it showed, okay, this kid reached Negan at a level that nobody else in his whole camp could because they're afraid of him. This kid ain't afraid of me. He's just talking to me like a human being. And beneath all, and you see that beneath all of the 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 the, the, the bravado and the BS, hey, Negan's kind of an insecure guy, man. He's he he's kind of just I'm holding on desperately to what I have, and these are my methods. I'm really not this bad guy. You can see it in him. He has those flashes. And I think a backstory episode would do the whole season so much more justice than just trudging along with this war that really hasn't yielded much results. Because the only person that's, that's really died has been um, the, 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 the lover of, what's his name? Raw, whatever his name is. Whoa, 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 whoa. We lost that blonde dude from the kingdom. That chick with the ponytail, and it was oh, like yeah. the, the short hair. Oh, yeah. No, we lost and, the entire yeah. kingdom. Yes, we cared we so much Shiva. about those folks. We lost I cared so about Shiva. I cared yeah. about Shiva more than anyone you just named, and that was just because we've got no more CGI Tiger budget. That that was <laughs> – because, honestly, they keep saying continuity with the comic book. You don't care about that. There's just no more I would, CGI I would budget. I chipped in a couple pennies first the more of Shiva. Okay. Of course. No, we, 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 we could have done, done a Shiva Kickstarter to keep her on the show. I, I would have did a GoFundMe page for Shiva. You you right, right. about that? Hey man, okay. they, they, I don't. All right. So you made some really good points, and and I'm willing to concede that you have an idea with Negan. You mentioned the Carl thing. You mentioned the Father Gabriel deal. So. Maybe there is more to Negan if they handle it. But maybe yeah. I'm thinking because the show hasn't done a great job with people's backstories. I mean, they the really haven't. For sending Rick off was it just felt like a time killer. And I feel like I'd rather have Negan as this vague, untouchable, unapproachable threat than for them to botch getting inside Negan's head and showing us who he was. Because I think mm-hmm. they would not handle that very well. And I'd rather have this version of Negan as opposed to a screwy version who looks like the lesser version of the governor. Okay. I I, I totally dig that. But, but I think... You, oh yeah, I'm sorry, Jason. I was going to say, but couldn't you do it like the episode before the season finale? 
Like, all right, you've seen this big, big, big bad, you know, Glenn killing, Abraham killing dude. <laughs> but then we get a 75-minute, like, all right, you know, you have, like, right before uh, Father Gabriel turns, you know, he happens to be in there with Father Gabriel right before he turns somehow. And then we have this, all right, here's this come come to come to Jesus moment where he's like, all right, seriously. Well, I, I, I didn't want it to be like this, but you know what? Circumstances suck. On the big, I got to be the big bad governor. Other, otherwise, else people are gonna die. Well, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I gotta say this. I gotta say this. This is what I thought they should do. The coming back mid-season episode. This is the way I envisioned it. They're storming through Alexandria in rubble and ruins and burning, right? And Negan comes across Carl's hat, but he sees blood. And he's thinking, oh, you know, shucks, the kid's dead. And he picks up the hat, because after he fought, he fought, he fought Rick and all that, okay. But he picks up the hat, and he's thinking, damn, the kid's dead. And then that goes into, and he feels bad, because we can see this kid, this the guy loves kids, he's, He's kind of a dick, but not really. There's there's so many things going on with this guy that leads into his backstory, that 70-minute backstory. And that would be the perfect time to open it up is the the, 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 the mid-season premiere. Because you can say, okay, yeah, okay, this this is what made Negan, if you remember that moment. And I would open up with that moment. I would open the show with that moment where you, you could see in Negan's eyes. Wow, man! I nobody's ever said something like that to me. You know, is this the person I thought? Am I the? Did I ever think I would be the person that I am now? And it it, it makes him reflect back to simpler times. You know, I, I would have done it that way. Well, okay, I, I, I'll I'll take it back, say, because with this war season, nobody would ever run a war like, hey, we're gonna have a full, of, we're gonna try and starve you out. We're gonna have a blockade on your place of business. Mm-hmm. So you can't do anything, but we're going to leave and come back. We're going to try and get the kingdom going to get away so they can get some guns when they have guns so they could stop you or stop you from being rescued. And then, Rick, you're going to have this side mission when you're supposed to be the lead negotiator. You're going to try and get the trash people, which makes no sense at all. And <laughs> it, it leaves you completely open to die. So it's like... This, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have these people do the blockade, and we'll we'll come back in a couple of weeks and see what happens. It's like, what? I mean, no. It's like, so you can't root for the quote unquote heroes when they're that stupid. You can't. Like, you can't. Nope. You're right. You can't. Because mm-hmm. so it's like, I found it very hard to root for the the only person that I've been rooting for of our, our so called heroes has been Carol. Carol remains absolute. Absolute. Look, kill him. No, 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 Carol. Oh, her no, last season's witchy washy. No, that was. Nah, man, well, that I, was stupid, I, and I blame the yeah. writers for that. I blame the writers. So wait, for wait, that. wait, wait. Carol, Carol's the one person that gets gets the pass because of the writers. <laughs> well, no. Here's the thing about it. You don't hear me out. You don't make a char- a character like Carol, who started out as a docile, abused housewife and mother, who mm-hmm. found her badassery through seasons three through six, right? Mm-hmm. Then you waste the whole season of her saying, I just want to live a quiet life in this hill, uh, this house in a field, 
and, and bake pies and just forget about everything that's happened. That was the writers, man. The, the actress, Melissa McBride, did a great job. I mean, the writers just screwed that up. That's all that was. They just brought Carol back to what she had become. That's all that was. They just brought, they said, okay, what the hell are we doing? We're squandering a great character here. And they tend to do that. They really do tend to do that on this show, which is sickening. It's sickening. They squander great characters. Like, why Simon Ogg? Um, if you know who Simon Ogg is, he's um, Negan's right-hand man, also Trevor from the great Trevor. Grand Theft Auto. Oh, Trevor! <laughs> so great. The, so great. Why does he not have more screen time? Why are we getting more Tara screen time than, than Simon screen time? <laughs> Yeah, Why does Gregory fun. have more screen time than Simon? Wait, 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 wait. Gregory is awesome, though. I mean, Gregory is that dude who is the realistic yeah. person on The Walking Dead. You're He's right. You're right. I'm sorry. And will say whatever's necessary. Right. No, you're right. Xavier is awesome in that role. Yeah. He is. No, he is. He is. He is. Well, Jeff, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Eugene? You know, I've, I've kind of reached my point of saturation with Eugene because I feel like yeah. his stick is – I feel like he, he's a character who was interesting four seasons ago, and they haven't yeah. really done anything else to make him interesting. I know throwing him in with the Saviors was like a twist, but yeah. I don't care about him. If he got killed, like if he – you know, like when, when it was like, who did Negan kill? Kill. Eugene was top on my list because he was the one character I would not care at all if he was dead. So I still don't care about him. And and he's been putting him with the bad guys. hasn't made me go, wow, I wonder what Eugene is thinking here. I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mention that because at that time when they were teasing who who did Negan baseball bat to death, I said they had – I knew it was going to be Glenn because they were going to follow the storyline, but I said what they were going to do, and I called it exactly. They were going to throw us for a loop, but they had to kill a day one person and someone we had grown to love, someone that, uh-huh. that the fans had grown to appreciate. And I honestly thought it was going to be between Abraham, Carol, or Daryl. I thought it was going to be I knew one they. I knew it had to be a dude because with the violent death, and, you know, Walking Dead has very little chill, but I knew yeah. that was going to be the one thing they would not go that far with, seeing the dude yeah. take a baseball bat from the woman. I don't know, dude. They killed babies on this show. <laughs> uh, I like, yeah. collateral damage, but that was just going to be a straight-up pummeling her head with a bat, and that yeah. was where that they, that they couldn't go that far. That would have been the, right. that they, been the line? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they had Sophia get killed off camera. They had those little girls get killed off camera. Yeah, that was they rough. It won't, won't go that far. Yeah, and that was like, man, but <laughs> they couldn't have me do that because he Listen. definitely couldn't have that deep scene that you want to see if he had killed Carol. Or yeah, Peter. that would have been on the Yahoo homepage for six months. Okay. Right. The outrage now, hold, behind that. Hold on. Could, in theory, they, I, I thought, I actually thought because how her storyline was. I'm like, you know, they could kill off Rosita. Like, I was, and I was also <coughs> with that assumption. I'm like, they can't. But if they did that off-camera off death, like, kind of, she's a bad, sad, bloody pulp, like, it would have been, whoa, nope. this guy's crazy. Nope. And a visual no. would have been too bad. It would have been, the visual of her bloody corpse would be too much. 
Yeah. Especially in this climate. Yeah, it, it would have been too much to deal with. Now that, that was a little that was a little earlier than, than the climate we're in now. But I yeah, still right, think right, that right, right, right. right, right, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. I well, just so okay. so we're we're about to wind this thing down. We have some. You, you've been too good to just make a one one off appearance, Jake King. So hopefully you'll you'll make the rounds and and uh, swing back in here with us soon. Is there any last words you'd like to say, you know, Walking Dead 2018 movies? What, what, what's your last thoughts, my man? Well, I did see a thing. Well, I asked Jason what our topics would be for today. And um, let me go back to my messages. And I, saw I appreciate that, you me, studying. Oh, you of course. I'm, I'm a professional. I'm, I'm, I'm an amateur professional. My Hollywood New Year's resolution was one of them. And right, my Hollywood New Year's, one of my Hollywood New Year's resolutions is to stop going to Rotten Tomatoes and IGN and letting them forge my opinions on film, television, video games, all things media for me. Go back to the days where you just saw it and you gave your feedback, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, loathed it. You watched it and you took it in and you formulated your own opinions on whatever it is it was. And I say that to say, I say that because after watching The Last Jedi, I can honestly say that stunk. (laughs) And I'm not basing that on anyone else's feedback. And if you will allow me just two and a half minutes, I'll tell you why. Number one on my list, Supreme Leader Snoke, who was built up as this mysterious, cloaked figure of, of Sith lore in the first of the first of this next, this latest uh, trilogy. We see him in real time, and Supreme Leader Snoke looks like a feral ghoul of Alan Rickman. And also, he's dressed like Ike Turner. I, I just don't understand what the gold LeMay outfit, what, why they decided, you know what, we're going to dress this guy up like a 70s pimp. That, that's what's going to happen. We're going to dress him up like a studio, a studio 54 cocaine maven. That's what he's doing. That's the outfit. That's the inspiration for his costume. That's number one. Number two. He can manipulate the force. He can manipulate minds in the force. He can connect and mesh minds in the force. But he can't see that his his apprentice is about to jam a lightsaber through his body. Number three, Kylo Ren is really just a spoiled trust fund baby whose mommy and daddy didn't give him as much attention as he wanted. His uncle, yeah, the whole, my uncle wanted to kill me. Well, you're a little turd. You're a whiny little turd. I, I would kill you too. Not for nothing. I would have just thrown you in the deep end of the pool and let you go. Here's that. Uh, next part. <laughs> the, um, what's it, Laura Dern as the purple-headed school teacher? Yeah, I I wasn't feeling that. What was the whole point of this, this, this cloak and dagger plan to, to just drive till we run out of gas and jump 
and, and tuck and roll till we get to the abandoned planet? Really? That was the big plan? And we had that to needed to be secret from everybody else. Yeah, it, it, great job. <laughs> great job. And it took you to watch at least nine or ten of those Thomas English muffin-sized escape pod ships to be blown up before you decide, you know what? I'm going to U-turn this thing, and I'm going to go warp speed into the ship. It, it took you that long to figure that out. It, come on. Stop it. Between the, between the rabid penguins, the, no, I'm sorry, the penguin bunnies, the ice wolves, I'm sorry, not the ice wolves, the ice foxes, the fantastic Mr. Ice Foxes, as I would call them in the movie, the Monaco of the Galaxy, which serves no purpose. The Errol Flynn guy who was supposed to be the code breaker, which it turned out to be Benicio Del Cameo anyway. And then Benicio Del Cameo totally screwed. And then and it, this is Star Wars, right? So I was expecting him to do the screw job. Okay, great, right? I, I knew that was coming, but I was expecting, like, the Han Solo, him firing off rockets at the end to, to, to save uh, uh, Finn. And, and, and Finn's new girlfriend that I don't care about. I was expecting him to do something to redeem himself, but he kind of just dick moved him, took the money and ran. I was like, damn, that was, that was too much like real life right there. That kind of sat bad with me. Um, you know, there was that. Um, it, it felt like, uh, Ray was filming. Is she filming another movie at the same time? Because she was only in this film for like 10 minutes. It felt that way to me. Like the whole Luke, the whole, I'm on the, the Jedi Island with Luke, and it's like, all right, great, but are you going to train for more than two minutes? And why are you so good at every damn thing? <laughs> Could not have any formal Jedi training. You are good at everything. You can fly to, I'm sorry, I know, I know I'm trying to, I'm trying to say clean, Jeff, but you know I work balloons. You good at everything you touch. You can flatter shit out of the Millennium Falcon after one sit in the chair. <laughs> nobody, nobody paid any attention to that. You can shoot the guns so great. You can, you can, you can pick up a lightsaber. No training, no training. And, and you can fight Kylo Ren in the middle of a snowstorm, and and and, and, and Womp is and, and behind out there. I mean, she really gave it to him out there, right? With no training, am I wrong? Did I miss the part where she had her mom? No. Okay, when she, she used so she knew how to to use that kind of device. Yeah, she knew how to use that kind of device, and also she used force manipulation. These aren't the droids you're looking for, which is a, which is something that only Obi Wan and the whole series could do. Not even Luke himself could pull the Jedi mind trick. He did. I didn't return as Jedi. <laughs> he did. Oh yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did. But come on now, he had some training, right? He didn't just walk in and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm strapped to this 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 chair, and I don't even know how to connect to the force. But I'm going to use a Jedi mind trick right now. Yeah, because I'm that good at it. Yeah. yeah. Come on, stop it. Stop it. There was You're talking about Super Ray from Force Awakens. Now, Ray was a lot more toned down this time. She was ridiculously souped up, and she had paid for all the microtransactions 
so she could be super powered up over everybody else playing Force Awakens. And Last well, Jedi, she, she wasn't like that. Well, she, this was Mod Ray. Last Jedi Ray was kind of Mod Ray. She was kind of Mod Ray. Oh, I got to move stones now. No big deal. Ah, everybody, you're free. No big deal. We're all freed. Now we're going to go. And then, hold up. Princess Leia's space float back to the ship. Did nobody, did that not piss anybody else off? Nobody, right? Okay, all right. I'm, I'm nitpicking, I guess. I'm nitpicking. I'm that guy. It didn't piss off anybody. It would have been okay, as I say. If that was her last scene in the movie, we would have, I think everybody would have been okay. Like, we knew she's dying. Well, that's what I thought was going to be. would have been okay with it. I think yeah. you don't need to throw every, I mean, that was a curve. Like, oh, she's coming back. Uh, okay. So how is she going to get ridden out of the story? Eh, she's just dead. What? what? Well, that, well, Jason, this was my, this is what I was, I was coming to grips with through the, through the film and during the, like the last 10 minutes after, uh, 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 Ray moves the stones and lets everybody out, right? I was like, okay, Carrie Fisher made it through this whole movie. What in the world are they going to do for the next round? Is it when she dies in an ice cream truck fire or, I mean, what is she? She's going to choke on a piece of chicken. She's going to choke on a pork. That's what's going to happen. She's eating roast pork and she's choking on a bone. I mean, what's going to happen? This is going to explain that one away. Well, Leia just didn't, uh, you know. I mean, mean, we've lost time in the first one. We've lost Luke in this one. And then to kill off Carrie off camera almost makes it's just like, come on. That's it almost happened. It, <laughs> no credence no is going to be paid to any of that. What they're going to do is just tell us, well, she didn't make it. Her ship was blown up or something stupid like that. They're going to totally insult us. They're going to totally I mean, at that, at that point, you might as well just, you know, kill Chewie, too. Just yeah, like, might let's, well. just, like, let's just give her all – and somehow – uh, R2 goes in, I mean, R2 and C-3PO make it into a trash compactor, just don't make it out. Why not? Wow. If you're going to go for it, hard for it. I go for it. If you want to start new, why, I mean, hey, get rid of I mean, you can start clean. Just everybody Screw dies us. on camera. Screw us. We're only fans. We've only got 40-some years invested in this thing. Why not? We've only got 40 years invested in this thing. <laughs> Screw us. You know, what do we care? What do we matter, you know? So with that said, kill Chewie. You're going to kill Leia anyway. You have to because Carrie Fisher can no longer commit to filming a, a Star Wars issue. She's dead, right? So there's that. Also, what you want to do, if you really want to insult us, bring back the Ewoks. Wait, 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 wait. Let the Ewoks, Ewoks be what saves the galaxy. The, no, no. <laughs> they they saved the galaxy already. Yeah. And there were a stormtrooper killing midget army. So who cares if they look like teddy bears? They were putting in work to kill the empire. <laughs> they wouldn't they work. Are, if you want to go saved by teddy bears. No, 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 no. Hey, man. I think, I think the Ewoks would have. Hey, I think the Ewoks would have more success against the First Order than the actual heroes we have. Oh, the first order is lame. The first order are millennials. The first order, the first order reminds me of today's rap game. You got a bunch of dudes with face tattoos that are 102 pounds. 
One of my fonts would clear the room of you. I eat more than you weigh. Get out of here. Seriously. The the Ewoks would would dominate the first order. Who who would be the next biggest threat other than Kylo Ren? Dennis Leary? Darth Leary? <laughs> Come on, you can't tell me that guy didn't look like Dennis Leary. Stop it. I'm about to catch him. <laughs> Darth Leary. The weird part. And then what's the uh Colonel Fasm? Who was such a who was supposed to be so badass in her Chrome Stormtrooper shoot that Finn, this series, Jar Jar Binks, knocked her down a fire hole. Get out of here, man. He <laughs> just insulted all of us. Yeah, I had issue with that last week. I, I had a I, big I, issue with that. She was supposed to be much grander than that. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's his name? Snoke's Army? Snoke's Private Guard? Uh, Nah. See, Look, I think what happened, a lot of people, including you, got suckered in to thinking they were going to be cool just from seeing them all set up. Those Royal Guards with Palpatine didn't do anything but look cool. And I figured, you know, <laughs> those guys have some neat-looking weapons, they weren't going to do anything either. Toys mm-hmm. R Us and Target is littered with characters from The Force Awakens who had mm-hmm. 2.5 seconds of screen time in the movie. Right. I was buying that they had anything going on, and I didn't think that Phasma was going to do anything more than what she did in the last one because <laughs> okay. we thought she was going to be cool, and she wasn't. So, but then, but that's my thing. Don't introduce these characters as cool and then give us no other cool characters because that's a total waste. A total waste. I'm not giving anybody a pass cool. for that. that no, that's, that they were cool. it, you know, it's not just assuming that they were cool. It's that you're playing an evil joke on us because these <laughs> characters, you know, it's an evil joke. And it's also negating the whole series because where, where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? Because I'm not going to go to the movies to see three. I'll just wait for it to come on cable. You lost me. You lost me. You're you're probably not alone on, on that one. I, I, I said, the fact that there's a petition to have this movie wiped from Star Wars lore, yeah, that's kind of bad. Then, then erase the first one. I mean, if that's the case, then get rid of Force Awakens too. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. I, I wasn't a it's fan. It's totally of up first to you one. if you want to hold on to it. For me, episode oh, I don't. Seven, episode eight aren't necessarily my Star Wars. They're like a, a Disney coming together and say, "Hey, let's do Star Wars." But if George Lucas <laughs> didn't write it, if he didn't direct it, it ain't my Star Wars. So. You know, it's like, a, oh, that's one way that you guys could have had Han run off on Leia and Luke be a hermit. Okay. But it's not my intention <laughs> to return the Jedi. So I can watch it from a different perspective. I, I dig it. I totally dig that. Because to yeah. me, I mean, uh, episodes to one, two, and three never happened. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Where are you finding him? Episodes never one, happened. Come on, man. How are you going to say that? About, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try to stump for Fat Man. No! Where's Padme? I'm sorry. Uh, what, 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 what is your youngest? I'm sorry. What is your middle child's wing? Why we ain't talking about that right now? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Look, we ran out of Indian names, okay? We ran out of Indian names, all right? And you went with Padme. 
Look, it's Patty. You have Patty. a good love for the prequels. It's okay. You're in a safe place here. You're among friends. Well, no, I like the name. I like uh-huh. the name. Don't hold that against me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't hold that yeah. against me. Okay. All right, Chase. You got anything else you want to say, bro? I, I got, I got uh, on on that list of things. My, my, okay. I only have one thing. Uh, right. I would, re- I'm gonna, and it's gonna be kind of extensive. <laughs> but, but I, I would want Hollywood to diversify the actors on who they have some of these things, these roles go to, so, and also no more whitewashing characters. Like use your source yeah. material. Like just if this is a character. Come up if they don't like the context of how like the ancient one, yeah, just come up with a different storyline. You don't have so, to say it's a character. Like just you you've done a pretty good job of having diversity. Like hey, like you guys are talking about, like Ms. Marvel mm-hmm. uh, in the comic book is a, is like one of the first Muslim superheroes. Like so, you can you can like bring no bring that kind of stuff to it. Like but we don't. I mean just make the make the universe more expansive for everybody. Like that if I can ask Hollywood. One thing besides don't sexual have everybody there, right. diversify and you know actually have it. no more whitewashing. I would be yeah. a happy camper because you know you know uh, Ryan Reynolds is gonna play Mega Evans in a coming biopic, right? I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm paying no attention. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot as always. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right, that's that's what I got. Alright, well fellas, this has been a fun episode. I hope you all listen out there in America and wherever else. For everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Fellas, we gotta do this again real soon. Of course. And this episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.